in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Jury selection is set to start today in the trial of a man accused in a mass shooting on 6th Street. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. Good morning, I'm Sally Hernandez. Back in June of 2021, police believe DeAndre White opened fire into a crowd at around 1.30 in the morning, just as the bars were starting to close. They say two groups of people got into a fight they were arguing. That shooting killed 25-year-old Douglas Cantor. At the time, he was visiting Austin from Michigan. White faces murder charges as well as aggravated assault charges. A legal expert says that this being a high-profile case could pose some challenges. High-profile case, a lot of publicity, greater the likelihood of busting the panel or not being able to find people who can be fair and impartial because of pretrial publicity. The trial is set to start on Wednesday. Well, after the mass shooting, former city council member Kathy Tovo, whose district included downtown Austin, launched the Safer 6th Street initiative, and that one passed in March of 2022. It includes the following measures. Critical incident training for businesses, additional security cameras on the street downtown, EMS staging areas, lighting improvements, potential grant program for businesses to enhance security. I wanted to show you this bursts of lightning captured as Tropical Storm Idalia moves towards Florida. Tropical Storm Idalia forecast to intensify into a hurricane by the end of the day today. Now, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis signed an executive order on Saturday declaring a state of emergency in 33 counties along the coast in preparation for the storm's expected arrival sometime tomorrow night into Wednesday morning. So you see that storm is organizing, it's strengthening, it's near stationary right now out towards Yucatan Peninsula, but Tropical Storm Idalia likely to be Hurricane Idalia by the end of the day today and at last forecast expected to be at least a category two at landfall. We're going to talk a little bit more about the track of that storm coming up a little bit later, but let's talk about our local forecast because some of us were lucky enough to see some rain yesterday. All of that has since cleared. Live look outside for our Ladybird Johnson Wildflower Center camera there in South Austin show some lingering cloud cover, but Again, dry skies this morning. Temperatures are in the 70s out there. It is noticeably cooler compared to what we had yesterday. Those temperatures are down anywhere from 3 to 10 degrees as we now sit behind that weak cool front here. Temperatures this afternoon, again, on the, on the relatively cooler side, not that 100 degrees is cold, but considering we hit 109 yesterday, that 100 later today I think will also be a noticeable drop. There's a good 20 to 30 percent chance of an additional round of storms today, but I'm going to be honest with you. It's one and only round of storms we've got in the entire seven day forecast. So I'm going to time that out for you. I'll talk about how long this uh, relatively cooler stretch lasts this week and then your Labor Day weekend preview. Uh, still going to be pretty hot, but we'll talk about whether or not we're going to be dodging any rain showers for the holiday. Details coming up in your first morning forecast. Kristen, thank you. Investigators in Jacksonville, Florida and a grieving community continue to search for answers after what police say was a racially motivated killing spree. This happened inside a Dollar General store. A gunman walking in there killing three unsuspecting suspecting black victims. NBC's Jay Gray looks into the continued investigation and the shooter's intentions. Just beyond the police tape in Jacksonville, prayers for peace and healing. Persons who simply said, I'm going to the store and I'll be right back. 
never left the store alive. And families' hearts are broken. And our community is shattered into pieces. Broken, police say, by this man. Seen in surveillance video walking into a Dollar General store where he gunned down 52-year-old Angela Carr, 29-year-old Gerald Deshaun Gallion, and 19-year-old A.J. Laguerre. Murdered, investigators say, because of the color of their skin. A motive apparently outlined in a series of writings by the alleged gunman uncovered just after the attack. Portions of these manifestos detail the shooter's disgusting ideology of hate. Plainly put, this shooting was racially motivated and he hated black people. Adding to the overwhelming pain in this grieving community. The division has to stop. The hate has to stop. The rhetoric has to stop. If, many say, the healing has any chance to begin here. Jay Gray, NBC News, Jacksonville. Back in our area, Leander police are asking for your help after a deadly crash on Saturday. They're looking for witnesses. One after the drivers fled the scene. The wreck happened before noon at the intersection of 183A Toll Road, Frontage Road, and Hero Way. Two people died. Four others went to local hospitals, including Dell Children's. Leander PD is asking anyone who saw the crash or has dash camera footage to please contact them. Today marks 60 years since the March on Washington for jobs and freedom. In 1963, about 250,000 people gathered at the Lincoln Memorial to push for racial and social equality. Of course, for many, the day was headlined by the iconic words of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as he laid out his dream for the country. And coming up this morning on Today, Craig Melvin sharing the story of another iconic face in that crowd, Edith Lee Payne had a literal front row seat to history captured here in this photo that has been called by some the face of the March on Washington, but until recently, she hadn't been identified. We have more work to do. There's more to be done. That's how you honor him, not by recognizing him on April 4th mm. when he died, not by recognizing him on 1963 or the anniversary of the March on Washington, but every single day, every single day make a difference make a commitment to make a difference in somebody's life to make it better. And today shares her story and her recollections from that day and the inspiration she hopes Dr. King still has on our society. The Hayes and Dripping Springs school boards are meeting today with school safety in mind. Both need to figure out how to comply with a new state law requiring all campuses to have armed security. That law goes into effect Friday. If schools can't make this happen right away, they can ask for some more time to come up with an alternative plan. Three U.S. Marines killed in an aircraft crash off the coast of Australia. Why they were there in the first place. KXN investigates why a veteran believes the state agency isn't following the law, how it's keeping him from following his dream. Good morning, everyone, and happy Monday. It is August the 28th. Live look outside from our camera over at the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center in southwest Austin. This morning, investigators are busy still trying to figure out what happened when three U.S. Marines were killed in an aircraft crash off the coast of Australia. Total of 23 Marines were on board that aircraft when it went down on uh, Sunday. Military leaders say they were flying in support of a routine training exercise. 
Exercise Predators Run is a multinational military training and involves more than 2,000 troops from five countries. Five other Marines went to the hospital in serious condition. Why the weather may mean restaurants and food trailers are seeing fewer customers this summer. And the Red Cross is struggling. What it says it needs more of to handle the increased calls for help. Well, for the first time in a long time, the Texas Rangers do not have at least a share of first place. More on that coming up. Good morning, everyone. This is another live look at our camera all over Central Texas. This one is over at the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center to give you an idea of what your weather is looking like at this hour. We're checking in with Kristen for the latest on the rest of your forecast on this Monday. Area restaurants and food trailers are feeling the summer fatigue of their foot traffic. The Texas Restaurant Association says they're seeing a one-two punch here coming from our triple digit days paired with higher food and labor costs because of inflation and it's leading to fewer customers impacting businesses bottom lines. That impacts everything from consumers not wanting to go out. It reduces capacity in those dining rooms and it also reduces that patio space. You can't sit outside right now, no matter how hard you try to make it comfortable. So there is something you can do to help. Businesses are asking customers to continue ordering takeout or to post about them on social media to help support them during this heat wave. I went out for dinner on Friday and we were sort of on the patio waiting to oh. get in. And you know, as those minutes are ticking by, yeah. they really add up. They do. Yeah. yeah. You're like sitting in there sweating uh -huh. by the time you get your cup of water. Exactly. Yeah. It is. You got to be mindful of what, what you're doing outside, how long you're spending outside. Let me show you what's going on with your forecast today because technically the, the heat's going to get a little better today, but we're still hotter than where we should be for the end of August. Clouds and radar kind of showing uh, us in between rounds of rain, if you will. We've got some of those storms and showers still lingering out towards that Texas, New Mexico state line and rain on the flip side on the eastern state line. But right now, dry skies here in central Texas. Live look outside our Palms car wash camera there in northwest Austin showing dry conditions. A little bit of cloud cover left over from yesterday. Temperature wise doing just fine. We're sitting comfortably in those mid to upper 70s. In fact, these are actually pretty close to normal for us. 77 right now feels like temperature closer to about 79 here in the city. Later today, we're getting back up to the low 100s, but most of us will probably hover near 100 and not get too far above it, courtesy of some slightly cooler air sitting on top of us and another round of rain. That rain chance at 20 to 30 percent. So you'll notice as I put your temperature forecast into motion, we'll probably hit those highs a little earlier today than what we typically do. Typically those highs come between about uh, 4 and 6 p.m. But I'm thinking with the addition of those rain chances today, temperatures will be a little cooler courtesy of some rain cooled air with the showers and storms. Let me show you what that storm coverage could look like. Putting this into motion here, nothing this morning. Getting into the lunchtime hour and early afternoon, you see those storms and showers kind of quickly go over us. These won't last very long. They're not going to impact everybody, but we've got a little disturbance up to our north that's going to help promote those rain chances today. How much rain could we see? Not a washout, but a few hundredths of an inch to a quarter of an inch on top of what we saw yesterday. I know not everybody got the rain, but some areas did pick up close to an inch. I'm not expecting flooding. I'm not expecting severe weather today. In fact, I think the ground's going to be able to hold 
all of this, but I'm almost hoping for a little bit more. What I'm showing you right now is actually uh, one of the more generous models with the coverage, but we'll go with 30%. The rain chances here at home not influenced by the tropics. Tropical storm Idalia right now is almost near stationary uh, towards the Yucatan Peninsula, but this is the new National Hurricane Center comb. So you're seeing this for the first time with me. Now you'll notice they are expecting it to strengthen into a Category 3 storm. So this is significant. That is a major hurricane making landfall anywhere along the west coast of Florida between about Panama City and just north of Tampa by the time we hit tomorrow night until Wednesday. So if you've got friends and family uh, in this area, you got to give them a call. They need to be preparing now because by the time we hit tomorrow it'll be too late. You'll also notice this is expected to wrap around and include portions of our southeast states like Georgia and South Carolina with heavy rainfall as a category one hurricane if not even a tropical storm through the week. So big things happening in the tropics. Seven day forecast 100 here at home. 30% chance of those spotty to scattered storms and showers around midday, early afternoon. Those clear as the sun sets. And then for the rest of the week, it's just hot and dry. Forecast high down to 99 tomorrow, but that will be the coolest day, relatively speaking, of the next seven because we get right back into the triple digits Wednesday and we'll hold on to that 100 or hotter afternoon high all the way into the back end of the work week and upcoming Labor Day weekends. This has been like one of the most trying times of my life, you know, is it's because because I know I earned it. After leaving the service, veteran Desiree Wilson says he fought the state for more than a decade to get a funeral director license. Earlier this year, he finally won that battle. We had the license taken away months later. A KXAN investigator Mike Rush shows how the interpretation of state law could impact veterans trying to get into many professions requiring a license. Desiree Wilson does things many of us can't or won't. Not only did he sign up to serve our country when he was 20, but he also took on a daunting task. I love the saying that we don't serve because somebody died. We serve because somebody lived. Wilson was a mortuary affairs officer taking care of fallen soldiers. Close to 3,000, close to 3,000. Sailors, airmen, Marines less of a job and more of a ministry, he calls it. One that was recognized with an Army Commendation Medal, noting his outstanding knowledge of mortuary affairs procedures. His military records show his duties stateside and overseas included embalming, dressing soldiers, placing them in caskets, and shipping their remains and property home to family. He considered it his honor. You get the chance to go through their personal effects, read the letters that they didn't get a chance to send home, um, look at the pictures in their wallet. When Wilson left the Army after serving for nearly a decade, he came home to Texas to pursue his dream of becoming a funeral director. Little did he know that he would end up in a years-long battle with the state agency that issues funeral director licenses, the Texas Funeral Service Commission. Wilson argued his extensive military experience should replace the requirement for a mortuary science degree. From 2011 all the way up until this year, Actually, I was going to the commission every time, sitting before the board, told me no. Yes, ma'am. But this year, Wilson says the latest executive director for the Funeral Service Commission, James White, took his military background into account and gave Wilson the green light to take the required national exam 
in order to get the license. Texas law states, notwithstanding any other law, a state agency that issues a license shall credit verified military service, training, or education toward the licensing requirements. Wilson passed the exam on the first try and in May got his license. But just three months later, in early August, Wilson says the executive director had bad news. The commission was reversing course. Wilson would have to relinquish his license or risk having it revoked. With no due process offered to defend himself before the commission, he reluctantly gave it back. You know, I was crying, snotting, you know, sad. Uh, I was I was just heartbroken. It tore me up, you know, to, to have to relinquish a license, like I said, that I wasn't given. I actually earned. The freedom Executive Director James White would not comment on why Wilson could no longer have a license, but in a statement to KXAN Investigates wrote, decisions are made with careful attention to statutes and agency rules. Madam Chairwoman, members... But if there is confusion about the state law, it's not coming from this man. The bill credits apprenticeship and training requirements for licenses if a veteran learned that skill in the military. This is State Senator Jose Menendez in 2015, testifying about a bill he wrote that became law that year. Regarding military service members, veterans, and spouses, it states, in part, the executive director of a state agency may waive any prerequisite to obtaining a license after reviewing the applicant's credentials. Menendez wrote to KXAN Investigates, it's my hope that the leadership of the Texas Funeral Commission allows Sergeant Wilson to continue working, especially since he passed all the required exams. Just like a soldier. You know, if you tell us no, we're going to continue to fight. That mindset is one reason Wilson did not give in and go to Mortuary College years ago to get his license. And he says he'll keep fighting for himself and for other Texas veterans looking to get into any profession requiring licensing. If I concede now and just go along with it, I'm not going to make it any better for anyone coming behind me. Mike Rush, KXAN Investigates. Wilson says he's considering protesting at the state capitol with other veterans if the commission doesn't reverse its decision. This story came to us through a tip. If you have something you think KXAN should be investigating, send an email to report it at kxan.com. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. It is game week for the Longhorns. Texas and Rice on Saturday afternoon at 2.30 at Royal Texas Memorial Stadium later this morning. We'll hear from Coach Sark and have that for you later today right here on KXAN. Major League Baseball, this AL West race is turning upside down. Rangers taking on the Twins after snapping their eight-game losing streak on Saturday, trying to make it two in a row before they continue the road trip. J.P. Martinez home run, his first as a big leaguer, and then Jonah Heim, his 15th of the season. That's a grand slam. It's five to nothing, but... Well, the Twins get back in it with one swing of the bat with the bases loaded in the sixth inning. Royce Lewis, a grand slam, so it's 5-4. to four. Rangers trying to close it out, but Aroldis Chapman could not do it. Donovan Solano punches one into center field. That scores the tying run, and they play, and they play, and they play a little bit more. Finally, they trade runs until the 13th. Bases loaded, and... Jonathan Hernandez, a four-pitch walk. That's it. Rangers not in first for the first time since April 8th. Seattle's in first. Meantime, the Astros trying to pull even with the Rangers as they close out their series in Detroit. Kyle Tucker 
his 26th home run. They go back-to-back -back in the seventh, including Martin Maldonado. They score 17 runs. So the Mariners lead the Rangers and Astros by a game. Astros headed to Boston. And at Moody Center, Austin Gamblers, Gambler Days. They get their three nights of bull riding at home, and that is Ezekiel Mitchell aboard Haymaker. And Mitchell, the Rockdale Cowboy, hangs on, and that secures a victory over Oklahoma. The Austin Gamblers are in first place with just one loss, and big weekend there. They get a couple of weeks off before they continue their season. Back to you. Roger, thank you. Simone Biles is waking up with another record this morning. She was amazing last night. She won her eighth U.S. championship in San Jose, her first title since that two-year break from competition. Sam Pajak, the NBC sports analyst and former Team USA gymnast, weighs in. The fact that she's paving the way and really showing, hey, this is what it takes to stay in this sport uh, in your late 20s. And I think that that's really cool. And we're going to see a lot more people following in her steps, footsteps after this. Biles became the oldest woman to win a national title since USA Gymnastics began organizing the event in 1963. By the way, she's 26 years old. Thanks to everyone listening on the KXAN Today podcast. Here's what else we're tracking for you in the 5 a.m. hour of KXAN Today. Two Texas bookstores in court today. What they're hoping to stop. Thanks for joining KXAN News Today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.